15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change and withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender first commonwealth bank member fdic welcome into dc on screen number 265 this is your weekly dc tv news episode i am your host david c robertson this the only man i've ever known who tried to sue a woodpecker for disturbing the peace jason goss there's something disturbing disturbingly similar to that in my actual life <laughs> are you serious yeah <laughs> I have to know now what what's happening. Well, it was just like there was a, a bird back in college that I'll never forget because it I I had mirror tinting on the outside of my bedroom window in that that particular bedroom. I'm not trying to be flashy mm-hmm. here. I had a privacy fence. Um, so this isn't you know I'm not trying to be cool. I just the mirror tinting kept the heat out and then kept a lot of the sun out so I could you know mm-hmm. sleep in if I uh, sure had the opportunity and. I had a bird that for some reason housed itself in the bush outside of that particular window. And at like mm-hmm. 6.05 every fucking morning would attack that window <laughs> with a fervor. I mean, like, it just, it I, it, I thought it was just the dumbest bird ever. I didn't, I still don't know what happened to that bird. But it just, it would tap, 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 tap. I mean, there's no way you were sleeping through it. Not a chance in hell. I had, like, the, the guy on the other side of the house would wake up and go, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, oh, this damn bird! And I just, I dealt with it for, like, months. I mean, I was I was starting to go a little insane, honestly. It was just months of this bird rapping on my window. It got to the point where, without an alarm, I would wake up at about 6.02. Like, my body would wake me up at about 6.02. And I would sit there and look at the bird. And I took, you know that little thing you use to, to dial the, the shades uh, mm-hmm. like the the blinds back in that little like plastic wand kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'd wake up at about six oh two, and I would take the wand off very quietly. And as and as soon as the bird, I it, I learned after a while that it had like a certain tell when it was about to attack because it would come in and go bop, 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 and then go back to the 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 thing. And I don't know if it thought there was another bird that it was protecting something from. I checked outside; it had no nest. There were no there were no eggs in there. It just I got to the point where I was I was going crazy enough that. I was just trying to, like, attack it, too. So as soon as I saw its tell that it was going to start coming after me, I would start rapping on the window with that plastic wand. And it didn't help anything. We were just, like, two crazy-ass things, like, slamming on each side of a window. It was bad. Like, a couple times I tried to open the window just in time to get it inside, because then I figured I could maybe just move it somewhere, and it yeah. none of this worked. None of this worked. One One morning I mercifully woke up, and the bird was gone, and... Like sanity started slowly to uh, restore itself. I had a similar experience. I like I was I lived in an apartment complex, um, and they started renovations, 
And uh, for about a month and a half to two months, I had this construction worker outside of my window who was rapping, literally, like throwing down lyrics. That's fantastic. While hammering away, hammering nails. And I don't know what, I don't know if he was singing something that he was making up. I don't know if he was freestyling. But you, you're hoping he was freestyling probably just to. And I, there's no way I can tell. All I know is that he really liked a particular lyric that was sort of a fake rhyme about a fat booty and a fat coochie. Something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what all was going on there. Um, I remember one day I opened the door and threw uh, some old fruit at him. <laughs> you rotten tomatoed him. It wasn't an actual tomato. Uh, I think it was an old apple and some maybe some old grapes or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if you have to hammer, stop rapping. <laughs> and they all laughed. I can't handle one or the other. All the all the construction workers laughed. It was like five o'clock in the morning, dude. Leave leave me stop. Just stop. Anyway. I don't know. I and I never did figure out what happened to that bird. I it was a it was seemingly a very dumb bird. There's maybe something about bird behavior that I uh am completely ignorant of, and there are many. Um I am not an expert in any way. All I knew was that bird seemed real fucking dumb sitting on the outside of that mirrored window that he was smacking the same morning, every morning, at the same time. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, for, at some point, I started coming up with theories, like, maybe he thinks there's, like, his, it's like his ultimate match, like his nemesis, because I don't, I don't even know if he lives in this bush. Maybe he you shows up the... every single day because he's, like, determined to beat this bird. You just met the Eobard Thawn of the, of the bird world. Yeah, yeah, I really did. Um... Maybe it was that. I have no idea. There was like a food source nearby, and every morning he showed up to make sure that that bird didn't get it. I don't fucking know. It was just... And I never did figure out what happened to the damn thing. It just... One morning it wasn't there, and for all I know, it like flew under someone's tire while they were driving. I don't know. Mm. I knew it happened to the construction worker. The job just got done. Mercifully. He just finished the job. The job was done. I mean, he, you know, got out from in front of my window, went over across the way, and was harassing those people. I could still tortured, hear him rapping. Tortured someone else. Yeah. We have uh, twice now just <laughs> way not done the show we purport to do. <laughs> uh, anyway. Okay, so on to some news. Granny goodness, Ed Asner himself turned 87 this week. Oh. Huh? Uh, that's some news for you. Studio 60. <laughs> for the win. Granny goodness. This is DC. We're talking about DC now. We're just <laughs> so damn excited. All right, yeah. Back to business. Uh, um, Todd Nock. Uh, who is a comic book artist, <laughs> did a little interview and mentioned that apparently Greg Weissman and the cats over at Young Justice had up to five seasons planned. Mm, good, 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 good. So he says they have everything ready to go. They just need Warner Brothers to give the approval. So we've got the season three at least coming. Yeah. Um, Fingers crossed. Guys. Yeah, D- Dave's trying to get that done, but... um. Everyone, please harass him about making sure he watches Young Justice. I'll get to it. <laughs> I, I just want you, like, hell-hacked about it. <laughs> I, I just want some company. I've been I've been trying to convince I, you for I, so I, long. It's not I like you're not convinced. It's just it's on, the, it's, it's on um, that, yeah. like, I'm gonna kind of list. I'm like, No, I want this to be on yeah. the, like, I'm hungry for it list. I'm not hungry for it yet because I, I am. It's like, you know, when you eat a lot of chocolate and then you don't want it for a month. Well, I've not I've never I've not had like a month really lately where I wasn't just like full of Berlanti chocolate. 
<laughs> just, 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 and that sounds really weird and gross a little bit, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I know there's a lot of superheroes you, on TV. You just man. mentioned on a previous show, you wanted like some fun Adam Strange. Guess what, buddy? I know. I've seen stills. <laughs> just, I know. Turn in the screw. So they released, um, some badass, uh, invasion posters, four of them to be exact. And, uh, when you put them all together, it makes a big, a big poster oh. with all the people. Oh. So that's cool. That. Ah, la, 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 la. Uh, so Kevin Smith was talking about Flash and Supergirl. He says, boy, oh boy, I had a fucking blast and both couldn't be more different from each other. Killer Frost is like a, fil- a thriller. Mm. The whole thing is like a John Grisham movie set in the world of comics with powers and shit. <laughs> That's then the, the Supergirl spirit. episode, all right? Then the Supergirl episode is very ambitious. It's different from a lot of Supergirl episodes. Wow. Undercut your friends much? <laughs> <laughs> it's very ambitious. It's different from a lot of Supergirl episodes. I'm just kidding. Uh, he says, we take a journey. It's big. It's a big episode. It turned out phenomenally. I was just working on the cut this morning. The first cut. The Flash is done and it airs next week. Supergirl, I got the first cut of, and it was like 12 minutes long. Um, so I went through an easy first pass, and I'm down five minutes. So there's seven minutes left to cut out. It's going to be tough because all those scenes are really good. They should just leave all that in for DVD and Blu-ray. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Please. Um, he says, date. He says, David Harewood has a line that's so fucking DC Universe, so specifically Superworld. <laughs> And uh, he said he didn't want to give away any spoilers. He says, David doesn't even have to be in the Martian Manhunter persona to carry the presence of Martian Manhunter. He's a- he's almost more Martian Manhunter when he's just Hank Henshaw than when they do the effects. I could buy that. Especially mm. after like the last episode where he just morphed back to Hank instead of his green form. Even he's mm. apparently more comfortable as Hank now. Yeah. So, uh, in turn, the Supergirl cast are talking about Kevin Smith. Melissa Benoist says, I can't say enough amazing things about Kevin Smith. I've been a fan for ages. I was really anticipating working with him and so excited about it. And he just exceeded all of my expectations. He's so supportive and encouraging. The atmosphere on set, we work crazy long hours and the energy that he brings is only positive. Um, You guys saw how many rounds of applause there were when Kevin was filming that thing a few weeks ago. Uh, that's like a daily occurrence all day. And I don't know how you keep that up. He's wonderful. McCad Brooks, James Olson says he also brings this amazing energy to the set. He's always applauding, laughing, clapping, yelling out things that are funny. He sort of makes the day go quicker. The like uh, 16 hour day they're working. Mm-hmm. Chris Wood says he keeps things moving and plays music. He's always having people applaud for cast and crew members and keeping everyone engaged and part of the process. That's all you can ask for because we're here for very long hours. So when it's fun, it's even better. Uh, Ian goes, Ian goes, bleh, Ian Gomez. I can't say the name. <laughs> Snapper Carr says he's very quick, fast-paced. He has a lot of humor, so it's a good place to work. I think him being an actor, he kind of gr- knows what's best for him, what he likes, and so he tries to give that to the other actors. His notes are right on point and succinct, and it's not like what are you doing? It's like you know exactly what he means, and he comes up with things at the spur of the moment that really help the scenes. So it's been great. Um, McCad Brooks says Kevin is an actor's director. He's a crew director. He's a lighting director. He's a camera director. He's everything. He's everybody's favorite. And he makes you understand that it doesn't have to take 11 billion hours to get the right thing <laughs> and to, and to make it look really good. So <clears throat> a lot of praise for Kevin Smith. Yeah. Has Arrow decided they're going to, you know, go ahead and go ahead and do that yet? Probably not because Guggenheim. Sure. I've heard of Guggenheim doesn't like him. I don't know. 
But no, little back stuff there. Well, it's it's at least nice he's working his way and everything else. Hell, let him get mm. some legends in. See if you can uh, write that ship. Oh, you know, I don't think he could be on, on legends. Guggenheim is showrunner on that, or co-showrunner, or co-executive producer on that. Phil Clemmer's the showrunner, but um. Like Smith didn't think he was going to be able to do the Flash for a while because Victor Garber. Victor Garber is a friend of uh, Ben Affleck's ex-wife's Jennifer Garner, and she always wow. hated Kevin Smith. And she always hated Kevin Smith, apparently. And so did Victor Garber, who's a friend of hers. Wow. Yeah. It's a deep. That's just was that's deep world people. That that that's just what Kevin Smith says. I don't know. Right. <laughs> i really don't i i you know i'm not saying he's lying i'm just saying i don't really know for sure yeah i ain't trying to like maybe he's all paranoid start, who knows i ain't trying to start some shit i know he smokes a lot of weed i've heard that makes you paranoid <laughs> i wouldn't know <laughs> so under the flash uh the flash shade ratings have risen to the season premiere levels it brought in 3 million viewers and ranked 1.2 in the key demo. That's 8% bump in viewership and a 20% bump in the demo. That's so big. Yeah. I mean, which is why they're moving legends. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> um, Greg Grunberg is uh, cast as a recurring role in The Flash. Um, this is the cat that was, he was on Lost. He was on Heroes, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. He was in Star Trek. Um He's apparently going to be a badass recurring role, uh, a detective, a police detective named Tom Patterson, who is described as a gruff, stalwart figure at Central City Police Department, who is unwavering in his commitment to protecting Central City from the dangerous menace that threaten it. Oh, he's going to be one of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't have to be one of the paranoid guys. He may just mean the dangerous right. menace. Right. Like, if Flash is around, I hope he has my back. If, if you see Weather mm-hmm. Wizard again, tell him I'm coming for that mofo. Right. Uh, he's going to make his debut in the Killer Frost episode. and uh, See you soon, bud. Yeah. So uh, David Ramsey turned 45 on the 17th. How the hell does that Diggle. happen? I don't even know. Guy he looks like, like a day 30 over 35. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. His arms middle are of the, road 30. the only thing that age as they, they, they grow larger every year. All right. <laughs> Seriously, every time my wife walks in the room and watching Arrow and it's a scene with like Diggle in a short sleeve shirt, she always kind of walks in and goes, damn, and walks out. <laughs> You know, now they don't even give him a shirt. He's just topless when he trains. Yeah. Just... yeah. <laughs> um, so there was a, an event, the Heroes and Villains Fan Fest in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Arrowcast gave their, uh, said what their favorite superheroes were. Willa Holland, Thea Queen, said that her favorite superhero was Batman and has always been Batman. Cool. Um, Katie Cassidy says that her favorite is Catwoman. Interesting. Uh, Charlotte Ross, who plays Donna Smoke, said her favorite superhero was Jane Goodall, the animal rights activist. So that's not a real answer. That's not a real answer. <laughs> We're talking about superheroes here, lady. And David Ramsey says Moon Knight. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moon Knight? All right, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and even though he's not a villain, Paul Blackthorne said that he prefers Joker over any superhero. That's a little fair. Which made me think, with that accent he's got in real life, maybe he could tweak what? a little bit. <laughs> wouldn't, he's got a really big mouth. Wouldn't he be a really good Joker? He could do it. I think he could. I actually uh, I think of Blackthorn as being an incredibly capable actor. So um, mm-hmm. if he wanted to take a swing at the Joker, I'd be happy to have it. Yeah. yeah. 
They did ask him during, I don't even think I wrote this down anywhere, but they asked him at the panel uh, what his fa- what everyone's favorite part of the season was. And most a lot of people couldn't say anything yet. But Blackthorn said, like, I don't really know. All I've done this season is be drunk and sad. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, <laughs> they asked. Um, he was also grateful. That's true. They asked if uh, the John Jr. was supposed to tie into Connor Hawk's storyline in 2064 or whatever. Great it was, question. 2046. 2046, maybe? I don't even know. 2040. It sounds it was close. 2046. It had, to, it had to be 2046. It sounds real close. In Legends of Tomorrow, uh, David Ramsey says, that's supposed to happen. So, there you go. Awesome. Uh, they asked uh, whether or not she'll be speedy again, which we already know. We've seen pictures from the crossover event where Thea is in the speedy costume. Uh, Thea says, yeah, I definitely do. I miss that leather outfit a lot. I miss being in the Arrow Cave. I miss shooting on set all the time. The crossover photos have leaked out. You see that I put my costume back on after eight episodes of not wearing it. I have a feeling she's going to be periodically putting it back on whenever it's necessary. Hell yeah. Ah, I don't know. I was enjoying her West Wing episode. Ah, uh, she can do both. By the way, did... She's a strong, empowered woman, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I just wanted to keep being awesome in the political side, at least. Did... All right, didn't the... Um... Diggle's son become the that arrow because Diggle died. Hmm, maybe, hmm. probably. I, I seem to remember a theme of him trying to live up to his uh, to his well, father's yeah. example there. Yeah, but that was like the absolute worst version of the future. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean that maybe presumably the they absolute worst. But... Stop that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Legends is an amorphous thing. <laughs> Legends is a is an undulating creature. Mm-hmm. We just have to deal with it as we go. Uh, Oliver was talking to TV line. Oliver. Stephen Amell was talking to TV line. <laughs> God. Uh, how we meet Talia. Uh, he says, um, we learn about Talia before we meet her, and she is, I think, our gateway to really accelerating the flashback storyline. Noted. Uh, as previously mentioned at least twice on this show already, Legends of Tomorrow is moving. Um, they are going to be, starting on January 24th, 2017, they're going to be moving to Tuesday nights. Um, they are currently on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. And now they're going to be on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. following The Flash. Um, no Tomorrow, that show has been canceled. Um, it won't be terribly long. It'll only be for like four or five episodes. Because they don't, Legends does not have a full season. I've said it before. Like, Look, the Legends of Tomorrow ratings are bad. Yeah. Um, I wasn't aware of how bad until recently, but they're bad. They're hoping that those last few episodes probably will be that they'll be able to catch some ratings from a good lead in the flash but uh mm-hmm. i don't know man i i feel like four more episodes is a weird thing to request and i feel like it's something it's going to be something of a capper like okay you get four more episodes because you know they have had to have already planned out pretty much how they were going to do the season and what they were going to end on they're like look you need four more episodes to wrap it up there you go yeah in in the show yeah so that's kind of what i'm thinking it, and when you move a show in this manner, there's no physical reason to do it. Nothing logistic happened to, to move it. You, yeah. you just think that either, A, um, it's providing two-week a lead-in to the show that's after it, mm-hmm. or B, it needs a stronger lead-in to survive. And you, right. to be fair, the second one's kind of more hopeful, because mm-hmm. then they're thinking, no, I think this will work. We just need to get it the right people. Um, and I would, I would bet that most often it's the combination of those two. Mm-hmm. Like you're not doing enough over here, buddy. We need to get, I, I was, I haven't looked at uh CW schedule. I don't know what they have Thursday at eight o'clock our time. Um, 
mm-hmm. Thursday, like primetime slot part two. I don't know what they have going <laughs> on there, but um, I'd kind of like to see. I wish I'd looked it up. Well, and I, probably I don't will. know. I'd like to see if it's know. been suffering as a result of Legends ratings because you can correlate those yeah. things. I don't know. I know they're. I think they're gonna put that. I think they're gonna put uh, Riverdale on Friday. I mean Thursday. Thursday. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. They have a lot of expectations um, for uh, Riverdale. Now, I mean, look, we might be wrong. I might. My, I might be reading this all wrong. I fully expect. You know, if I am, uh, Brent of DC TV Squadcast will hit me up on Twitter and be like, "Yo, that's some straight bullshit." Yo. That's fine. Um, but I don't think so. Well, I don't think I'm wrong. <laughs> Perfectly aware of, of <laughs> bullshit when it happens. Um, yeah, I don't. I, mean, I don't. It's that definitively. I'm. I'm happy to say they they're moving it because they want better ratings and they're hoping for the flash oh, sure. lead in. It's just what are you going to do but, about that? Look at the end of the day, though. Let's face it. Legends of Tomorrow is not good. It's an okay show overall. Some episodes are good. Some episodes. Well, most episodes are just okay. I don't think I've seen a great episode except for maybe the season finale last year. Season finale last year was worth it. Every bit. Yeah. But the show is struggling in a way that The Flash and even Arrow, like even Arrow knows what it is more than Legends has ever known. Yeah. Um, Arrow last season, though, tried to tried to expand itself in a, little, a little and it worked in some ways and Super didn't work in others. And they've it really... completely adjusted to that. Like season five has been... The same show I was expecting, like, when when I was, you know, halfway through season one of Arrow and really, f- like, absolutely digging it, this is the show that I hoped it would be now in season five. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if that's, I, I, I don't know, maybe it's because I went through what we did with, like, two, three, and four and a little bit of variation. Right. Maybe it's just I didn't know well, what look, I, I mean, wanted until I saw the other thing, but, uh, like, you ever flip a coin yeah, to see like... what you're going to do and it comes up heads and you're like, ah, oh, I'm so disappointed and you realize, no, I'm just going to do Tails. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like Arrow knew what it was in Arrow in season one and two. Season three, I felt like his biggest sin was it was treading water. You know, season four, it actively got lost about midway through that season. But it was really good up front. It was really good up front, absolutely. And then, and then it, it just got lost kind of, about mid-season. Yeah, it just kind of went off track. And by the end of it, we were all just shrugging, going, eh, "This wasn't what we were hoping for." Yeah. And Arrow does have an have an issue with that, like where they kind of lose track mid season and just kind of tread water at the end. Yeah. So you know, I, I I'm hopeful, but you know what, Legends has been treading water since it started. A little bit. There's it's, been some fun, but it's not good. Yeah. Like I enjoy <laughs> watching Legends every week. It, I do too. It's I do just too. that I don't think it's it's uh, congealed into something that's a like a whole show with an entire backbone that it, it can stand independently it feels like it mm-hmm. for the most part to be relevant it seems like it's relying on its crossovers with the other shows its mentions of the other shows like right now one of the most interesting things that's at, that's on legends is the, the barry allen message yeah the barry allen message yeah that's that's the first thing i think of when i see legends like i wonder if we're gonna get Let's any more barry get any allen more about message. The, yeah um and then after that i don't give a shit like they they kind of did a cool job with justice society but i didn't see nearly enough of them i kind of felt like they should have had them on a few more episodes no, i was completely robbed of um, rex tyler like they i'm should, actively you know, mad about that yeah yeah they didn't even show us his powers they didn't show him doing anything. They, he never hour mad a damn thing there was I, I didn't i never so much as saw a miraglow pill <laughs> So yeah, um, colorist miffed. I'm sorry. Uh huh. You know, colorist and that actor's bastards, but really sorry. good. I mean, he's a good actor. He's really pretty damn great. They they didn't give him shit. 
And, not, you know, maybe they can go back and grab him and do something, but I don't know. Like, anything that I think that this show should do, they don't do. Yeah. And I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Like, neither do they show me a thing I didn't anticipate and make me go, oh, well, that was really cool. They don't do that either. They just kind of toe the line enough to be a show. They're just little moments. And uh, I'll I'll just repeat what I've said before. The relationships on this show are great. The, the, the spine of it needs work. Like what it's doing with itself as a show is the part that it it needs a real motivating factor. And you know the the part that I'm disappointed with is last like last year. You know we had um, I've already forgotten his name for God's sake. Oh, who was the bad guy last year? I'm sorry. See his face. Vandal Savage. Thank you. Um, <laughs> he didn't make you sense. I'm just like guy. forgotten the bad guy because here's my point. He showed up like half the time. And they bounced around, but it's like half the time they they were just bouncing around for a bottle episode, and half the time they were dealing with their main storyline. And their main storyline was mm-hmm. like spread across time, and they weren't dealing with the specifics of, of time travel and its effect on everything. So just right. after a while, I'm, I'm sitting there going, all right, so like the main story is what now? I, I, like toward the end of the season, you felt a little lost. It was, and I'll give them all the credit in the world for the, the season finale. That was fantastic, and everything kind of came together, but it was, they didn't have me like, on bated breath waiting for that um this year they kind of they they did kind of promises the producers promises over the over the the break that we were going to have like a a a more solid storyline and i'm just not getting that right now yeah like rory's just out in the the wind somewhere i mean i've enjoyed again the relationships like sarah taking over the ship making uh, rory and and vixen it's fantastic stuff that's going on with ray independently great um Mm -hmm. But, but then you get to, you know, like, poor Jax, man. His whole story this year has been he's black and he cares about slavery. Like, he that's doesn't the want only that to thing happen. they've and really done him. with him so far. Uh, other but than him that's being all they've done. part of Firestorm. And then only, and even then, they've only used Firestorm as a unit, kind of as, yeah, I mean, and, tangentially, really. Um, like, yeah, that's the only episode they gave season, him. All they, again, the, the episode itself was pretty season, powerful they when they him. actually got into the scenes and the sure. relationship he had with, with uh, like, realizing what was really going on. But When they weren't fighting Confederate zombies. When yeah. they weren't just fighting zombies um. and, like, making me, <laughs> like, watching the, the, the singing slaves. I'm just going, oh, this is a really powerful scene. It's good TV. And then I go yeah, back to, absolutely. like, a, a B-horror movie. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, last year, all they gave him was, hey, he has a crush on this hot girl here. And then that went away. She went away. And now he's like, oh, huh. Rip has been confusing me and tricking me into becoming a mechanic and knowing how to run the ship without him. No, that's the major storyline with him so far. We already knew that, though. Like He was spent one episode going, I think maybe I could look at this because I know how to fix a car. What? Yeah, like that was the major storyline they've given him so far is that he's learned how to fix the ship. Like for, from just, from being a I guess an okay mechanic I don't know they never told us he was an amazing mechanic they just said he was a mechanic and then and then even so far as we are now this last episode he's still like expositionally walking in and going and telling Victor Garber by the way Gray don't forget don't I know lie. I know when you're lying to me yeah. I know when you're lying to me like he every couple episodes he reminds us that he and he and the professor have a psychic link yeah. And all they're doing with this professor is having him be a showboat and then go like, oh, no, I'm remembering my another life. Like, we get it. You love your wife. If you love her so much, why aren't you with her instead of hanging out, flying around in time and screwing up the timeline? You dumb shit. I 
think that's maybe where they end his storyline, to be honest. It, it Maybe. That was I the thing so. he was most disappointed with himself over. It was like he, he abandoned her. But to be fair, when... Uh, when when this when Rip was pitching this whole story to everyone, he said, "You'll just be right back mm-hmm. here. Like we go, we do this thing. You'll be right back here when we're done." So he thought he was saying like bye to Clarissa for like you know a minute, literally like sixty mm-hmm. seconds, and it hasn't turned out to be that way. And you know his body is physically aging. He'll come back and have less time with her than he would have otherwise had, and mm-hmm. that that would be a nice sidebar to focus on for a minute, but. They, they haven't. Instead, they made it about whether he lost Clarissa and interacting with his young self. I'm fine with interacting with the young self stuff. It's just they haven't made Victor or Jax's, like, act, they haven't made their story arcs in any way part of the timeline big bad stories. It just hasn't mm-hmm. been at all. And that's maybe one of the, the real problems here with the show is that all of their separate character and relationship arcs are fine, but they don't have anything to do with what they're fucking doing as a whole over the season. Mm-hmm. Like even on Arrow, like one of the reasons we've loved Arrow this year is because uh, Oliver's battle with who he used to be, and uh, like that became a team battle with who he used to be, and became an Arrow Diggle conversation that was great. But it was all about like it, his personal arc in those few episodes has been about have I really changed, and the mm-hmm. rest of the cast having to come back to him and give him some context about it. But it's going into where we are as a show. Has he really changed? Because now there's Vigilante out there doing the same thing he was doing the whole time. And where does that put you? Like the the show as a as a whole is progressing, and the season's progressing, and it has something to do mm-hmm. with the characters. Over over in Legends, shit's just kind of happening. And you know they've seen the timeline get screwed up over and over again, and they don't learn. They're just not learning. Sarah's still determined to kill Dark. Like Jax is determined to to save all these slaves. And just, I'm like, just like I feel twenty you, buddy, slaves. But that's that's not probably a good idea. I mean, for the timeline. And like even then, he knows at the beginning of the episode. He doesn't know it at the second half. Like I get within within his mind, I get how that works. Within the show's mind, I can't quite forgive it. But this is something Stein does every episode. He champions changing the timeline. We should fix it. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. And now he's crying like, "Oh no, my wife is gone, and I love this other woman." Well, no shit, buddy. I mean, yeah, it's a fine point. Like, why doesn't he? (laughs) Why isn't he saying to himself, "Hmm, "I must have fell in love with another girl who, based on the flashbacks, clearly loves me." Um, and I clearly love her because I don't know why he's so pissed about this other than the migraines and those suck. Um, it -hmm. seems like he's just being shown images of like someone that he was deeply in love with and who, uh, you know, based on the footage we've seen seems to be very smitten with him. So Mm -hmm. like your, your big consequence for changing time and changing the world for the better and even freeing, you know, those 20 or so slaves that we saw that one episode and, your big consequence is that you like got another girl that apparently is deeply in love with you, dude. What are you doing? Oh like, no! What are you worried about? <laughs> well, I mean, he doesn't want to lose. But it's lose not Clarissa. Clarissa. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Live with it. Yeah. If it's yeah. temporal dissonance and things have to cement, if the show's rules are to be followed, you will eventually forget entirely that you have Clarissa, and you'll your the memories will be reinstalled, and you'll just remember this woman, whoever it is. Yeah. But you know, it's got to be a terrible thing to be in the like the the interim period where it's happening, and you know what's happening, you can't change it. That would be bizarre. Uh, just because who would like who would like to sit there and be conscious of their memories changing? Mm-hmm. I get that, but. Even then, like he's he's a yeah. smart guy. He should be able to rationalize this to himself. Look, I've done a lot of good, and I'm making a lateral movement in my own history. This is a win overall. That's you, a W. You know what would be interesting? You know what would be interesting? Because, you know, in the comics, he was so obsessed with work, Clarissa divorced him. 
what would be really cool is if he was having flashes of the future, not of the changed timeline, but of the future, where he gets back and Clarissa's left because his ass took off for, for like two years. Oh, and he like falls in love with some student? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I would up. appreciate that more because it doesn't have some game theory explanation of why this is also like a, a completely a good thing. Now, in, in your version, at least, he's going to get back and find that he's really fucked up. And it's like some 24-year-old student, and he's at the same age. And that's never going to work out, and he's lost career. So mm-hmm. now that, I can deal with. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be interesting. We're not going to get that. No, we're not. That's not going to happen. <laughs> All right, we should move on from bitching about Legends of Tomorrow. Was there more uh, news? I almost assumed we were just we just wandered into. No, there's more news. Yeah, uh, Mark Hamill's new show. Um, okay, at least it's not CW related news. All right, he's got a new show called Mark Hamill's Pop Culture Quest that is actually currently airing on the Lionsgate online specialty channel Comic Con HQ. Um, is Hamill? Going around talking to lots of different collectors of comics and action figures and statues and all sorts of geek shit. He's traveling around the country and and meeting other obsessive collectors. And the reason he is so uh, qualified to go and talk to these people is because he himself is one of these. He says, I literally ran out of room. My wife told me there wasn't any more room in the house, so I had to get a storage unit. I remember thinking, this is ridiculous. What's the point of collecting comic books if you can't show them to people? <laughs> what's the point of collecting What's the point of collecting board games if you can't play them? This show gave me license to fill that need inside and enjoy my stuff again. I am happy for him. Mm-hmm. He says uh, that while taping the show, he says uh, he met what he described as people with the oddest collections. Um, he says, meeting others who understand what it's like to invest their lives into something helped him connect with fans on a more intimate level. He uh, didn't, he had pitched it to so many people, he didn't think anyone was going to buy it because it's so niche. And uh, he says, when Lionsgate actually said yes, he didn't believe them. Hmm. He says, I was at the point where I was used to just pitching a show and getting used to the rejection uh, when Lionsgate said, that's a dandy idea. It just didn't compute. Then there was a moment of, oh my gosh, we actually have to do something now. <laughs> Which, you know, he's busy doing the uh, Star Wars Episode 8. Yep. So, um, also in the same article slash uh, interview with uh, Polygon, he talked about um, how he prefers DC over Marvel. He says, I've always given the edge to DC. I started buying DC comic books during a really whimsical age in the publisher's time, and I was really drawn to that. DC, I mean, really, I just discovered it first. Don't get me wrong. I love Marvel. By the time Marvel made an impact on me, I loved it because it was so irreverent and had this mocking attitude that made DC look like Boy Scouts. I love them both, but there's something about your first love that always feels a little more intimate and special. I just I just love that he loves that universe, both universes so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. And I would love to have a conversation with him about what he means by makes DC looks like look like Boy Scouts. Oh, at the time, that was absolutely true. Like, DC Comics were doing things like it was kind of ridiculous they were still kind of stuck in the past they like, were what years are we talking about know, here i mean we're talking about like the 70s the, and the marvel definitely started pushing forward and being way more irreverent you started having stuff like uh demon in a bottle you started having stuff like uh harry osborne doing drugs and stuff and then it was probably neil adams who was like no we gotta have speedy doing drugs <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it- Am I wrong? Is that isn't that one of the first ones where they just went? You know what? I don't really care if we have the the CCA logo. Just fucking publish it. 
I think Demon in a Bottle was. Was it Demon in a Bottle? Well, I mean, sorry, I, I just meant out of DC. It was one of the first ones where they went, you know what, just do yeah, it. I can't I remember exactly. Well, I think Marvel was the first to do it, honestly, to, to go without the code. I might be wrong. No, I, I I think you're, I, I want to say it was Stan Lee that was the first one, just went, screw it. I don't give a shit. Just fucking publish it. You know it. what? I don't think, it may not have been Demon in a Bottle. I think it was the one with uh, Harry doing the pills. Hmm. But uh, anyway. Someone can brush us up on our history here. Yeah, I mean, oh no, I didn't remember a thing. Now, like, <laughs> as, as a community, we can keep track of this shit. Right. We're not all Jeff Johns. No, God, no. Like, uh, I Justice have League a whole Dark. job to do that's not that. Nah. Justice League Dark is R-rated, by the way. Yes. How exciting is that yes. shit? <laughs> I, Did you see the trailer? Yes. Oh, God, it was so good to hear his voice again. Of course <laughs> we're talking about Constantine. Absolutely. Um, one thing I hated in the trailer, though, at the very end, Black Orchid says, Your life is a patchwork of blackness with no time for joy. Mm-hmm. How do you cope with it? And Batman goes, I have a butler. That was a terrible line. I, that was a terrible response. I kind of liked it. I just was trying to reconcile it with the fact that this is a rated R movie. I mean, <laughs> is that like the one joke in the movie that we threw in? I don't Other know. Other there's a scene of like Constantine clearly about to magically like smite somebody and he, he just gives the old bugger off. Uh, yeah. It looks like he's going to be a lot of fun to my regard. Like standing at the edge of the water just kind of demanding... Uh, you dare summon the green swamp thing, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm you dare summon the green. <laughs> Holy shit, that was fun. <laughs> oh, uh, please, yes, and more. Yep. So, uh, on to video games. Batman: The Telltale Series, uh, or Telltale Series, I should say, I guess. Uh, episode four has a release date. The game is going to take Bruce to Arkham Asylum. If you, well, depending on the choices you made in the previous episode, um, there is a teaser trailer. It's going to be, it is introducing gamers to the Joker, but we are recording on the 21st. This chapter comes out on the 22nd, 22nd. Bleh. So if you're playing this game and you're listening to this, chances are you got it already. Mm-hmm. Like chances you are you reference. didn't bother listening to us because you had to play this game. That that's a bummer. So we'll see you in a few days <laughs> when you've run out of game. That's a bummer. Well, in all fairness, they'll still need to know the news, whoever these people are, because mm. you know you probably just like yeah, you probably just shut out everything in your life. You're like, who, what the fuck right. is turkey? I don't give a shit about Thanksgiving. I want to play the game. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you left your baby in the car. Yeah. Be thankful it's not summer. Yeah. Just <laughs> go get that. Go retrieve that. You terrible person. <laughs> Sticky notes. They save a lot of trouble. And lives. Post-it notes? Post-it notes. I think they're called post-it notes. Are they post-it notes? Some of them are sticky notes. Are they? They're, that's probably a knockoff brand. Post-it is a brand. Anyway, 3M makes yeah. a shit, amount, shit ton of, of money off bad memories. Mm-hmm. It's really gorgeous mm-hmm. as a business model. So yeah, anyway, uh, in summary, you've played this game too much, your wife is leaving you, your baby's in the car crying, and now your rotisserie chicken has gone bad. Mm-hmm. Sorry. And you're way behind on, on on news. So I hope you've sorted all that out. And welcome back. <laughs> sort your life, mate. <laughs> Edgar Wright for Flash. <laughs> I would evoke Shaun of the Dead at a time like this. You would. You would. Anyway, that's it. We're done. That's the news. Oh. I know. I kind of wanted more. Yeah. All right. The big news, though. Crossover... They did release a lot of pictures of the crossover. Lots of like, pictures I just, of the crossover. I didn't, I didn't want to talk about it. Oh, there's no point in crossing about the, the specifics. We're too close. We don't care anymore. We just know it's coming. You've got... 
You've got uh, Gotham and Lucifer, as usual. Persistent little sods, those. Mm-hmm. I think they're raking in about $10 million across all platforms. Yeah, so they're, they, just, they are the winners, the clear gonna, winners in all of this. Going to keep getting that. It's a shame they're not the most interesting part of what we talk about. I know. Well, Gotham can be when it decides to Oh, be. no, Gotham can step the fuck up. And uh, Lucifer has, like, the potential to be celestial. So, uh, But anyway, <laughs> check out our bitching about those on other things. Um, Gotham and Lucifer are just <laughs> carrying through. Uh, you, you, pretty yeah. much this week we've got a Supergirl and a Flash, and uh, mm-hmm. that's it. And then all four, Invasion 1, 2, 3, and 4. Mm-hmm. Although on... we don't really cover synopses too much, and Gotham, they apparently just want to put out like still episode stills and synopses for episodes that we're that are airing as we're recording. Mm-hmm. So I don't see a point in talking about it. Nah. I really don't. Like, nah, it's already out there by the time we actually do it. The, the only real bit of Gotham news is kind of rumor, and it's just—I mean, we know it's happening. It's just people conjecting about when Jerome will show up. We know it's happening, right? So mm. he is pending, and let's face it, we're we're gonna love him when we see him again. I've, sometimes I love him. Sometimes I don't. I, I've told people, though, that he really is maybe my favorite. I'll take out the maybe. He is my favorite on-screen adaptation of the Joker so far, even though he's not even the Joker. On-screen or live action? Live action. That's fair. Okay. I was about to be like, did we, were, were we not just talking about Mark Hamill? I understand. Sorry. I, I should be more specific. He is my favorite uh, live person portraying a... I guess I have to say any version of the Joker because, um, you know, he's not been named as a, as such. But, um, mm. man, that that guy did a great job. I, I will never forget the scene of, of him playing Russian roulette with himself, pretty much. I, I'm still gave, for a live It gave action. me chills when I, when I saw that scene. It was, God, he, he did a great job. I don't know. For live action, I think my favorite is still Nicholson. I don't want to fault you. It's like Mark Hamill said it. I can't fault you for having another version. I just feel like I shouldn't be faulted for choosing mine. Mark Hamill said faulting. it. It's true. I'm not faulting you. I'm merely stating my opinion now. It's it's a world where there is no wrong. Oh, there's wrong. There's wrong, my friend. I'm sure. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> Fair amount of people not happy with Leto's. Whatever. I, I was okay with it. I wasn't thrilled, but I was okay with it. It wasn't the... the I mean, for the small amount we got. Sorry. I mean, he... He did a new thing. I enjoyed it. At this point, I want to give him like a huge amount of credit for just doing a new thing because that's getting harder and harder to do. Mm-hmm. There are several incarnations of this character, and how many how many times can you go reinvent that will? Probably several. But we're at the several mark, Dave. <laughs> we're bordering I mean, on, you plenty. Know, you, on plenty. On <laughs> plenty. Oh, okay. So. We probably need to wrap this up because I don't I don't know how much more I can go and how much more I can actually hate Jason. So <laughs> I test it all the time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, buddy. Love you too, man. We're buddies. Buddies. <laughs> I feel a little bad that we don't. No one ever says Kevin Michael Richards was the uh, best Joker. They shouldn't ever. Yeah, they didn't care for it. I revoke my previous I like statement. Him, That's a negative. He actually sounded like Granny Goodness in the Batman. He sounded his Joker sounded like Granny Goodness. I mean that's fair, but Ed Asner's Granny Goodness. That's and about, I feel that's a little bad right. that uh, John DiMaggio. We don't really ever mention him as a great Joker. Well, when we're talking about animated Jokers, I actually have pulled him up a couple times. Mm, he did a fine job. Did a great job. It's John freaking DiMaggio. <laughs> yep. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. You can catch every episode at DCOnScreen.com. You can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, as well as other podcatchers. I know they're there. 
Facebook, Twitter, come talk to us. DCOnScreen at gmail.com. Leave us messages. Speak with us. Conduct palaver with us. I implore you. <laughs> we are around. And, you know, bored unless we're watching TV. Mm. I'm usually too too busy to be bored, but I'll I'll get you when I'm at a red light or something. Yeah. <laughs> red lights are boring. <laughs> okay. Until next time, guys. Keep some DC on your screen. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC.